Good evening, meat suits and meat dresses. Welcome back to Read It and Weep. We are a good podcast about bad books, movies, and television. This is episode number 162. We have now done as many episodes as the number of games in a Major League Baseball season. Mm. Mm. Speaking of long, torturous ways to spend time indoors, this week we're talking about (laughs) Wizard's First Rule by Terry Goodkind. This is the second half of this uh, book, which in some ways is better and in some ways has more torture porn. (laughs) <laughs> and lots of ways has more torture porn. All of the ways. Uh, this week's episode. <laughs> anyway. This week's episode is sponsored by Alex Shindig, who uh, we I finally got a quote from him on why he wanted us to read this. He said, "Wizard's first rule is the first book I ever quit reading partway through because it was so childish and stupid. I think I was ten at the time." Oh so, man, yeah. I'm I'm glad that he was not shaped by the torture porn. Yeah, uh, I was very glad to hear that he didn't get that far as a ten year old. Yeah, that would have been memorable. Yeah. Childish is a great word for what this book is. I think so too. It's also uh, so nice of Alex to like reward like us making three years of great podcasts with making us do this. Yeah. <laughs> Happy birthday. Super. <laughs> this uh, if you want to sponsor an episode, uh, you can go to slash sponsor We're uh, we're sold out through November at the moment, so uh, you can go there and sign up for our mailing list and then you'll be the first to know when we have more episodes available. And the show is also sponsored by audiblepodcast.com slash weep, where you can still go to support our show and receive a free audiobook, both at no cost to you. Let me introduce you to the panel tonight. Uh, first of all, my name is Alex Falcone. I'm your host, and I'm on Twitter at Alex underscore Falcone. Also joining us tonight in San Francisco, California, it's Ezra Fox. Alex, you're the most beautiful dragon I have ever seen. I am the only dragon you've ever seen. (laughs) One out of one. Also joining us, he's at C. Walter Smith on Twitter. In Seattle, Washington, it's Chris Smith. Ezra, I love you so purely that you made my sword turn white. (laughs) (laughs) Gross. Also joining us, uh, once again, you can find him on Twitter at Stephen T. Carter, making his... 20th appearance on this show. It's Mr. Stephen T. Carter. I love you, Rachel. (laughs) (laughs) That was the creepiest doll. I love you, Stephen. (laughs) I love you, Rachel. (laughs) You need to help the wizard now. (laughs) Man, that is a creepy thing for a doll to suddenly say. You need to do whatever the wizard says. There's a talking doll who made friends with an orphan girl, guys. Yeah. And is used. It's sort of like the way Pokemon in the South Park episode were used uh, to invade the U.S. It's like that. It's like I'm a talking doll. Do whatever the wizard tells you. Collect them all, Rachel. <laughs> we need to run away from the bad people now, Rachel. Yes, doll. Whatever you say. <laughs> oh man, uh, the the so the the wizard's first rule. If I could do a spoiler, is that people are stupid. But I think the like the the zero like wizard's zeroth rule. Is that mm-hmm. kids are really stupid? <laughs> <laughs> A priori, kids are dumb. I really hate that. That's the wizard's first rule. Because then now I want to make like the people's first rule is like, well, fuck you, wizard. <laughs> well, I think it probably more like people's first rule is like, duh. <laughs> no, that's only if the wizard's first rule is right. And I think the wizard's first rule is just judgy. And the people's <laughs> first rule is like, you ain't all that. <laughs> You don't know Did, me, <laughs> people. I sort of like wondered if I don't know. Like I, I, I liked it in, in the sense that like 
I don't know. It made me start to question whether there was any magic in this book, or maybe it's all just very elaborate tricks. People are really stupid. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, Before we talk too much about it, that's that's enough spoilers for the pre-show. Chris, why don't you start out the show show by summarizing this book, as you always do, this time in the style of an evil madman telling a young seeker about all the ways he's going to die. Okay. Let's just take it as red that I have an Eastern European accent, Agreed. which is the most evil accent, whatever. Well, yeah, accent of post. everybody from the Eastland. Yeah, everybody who's evil. Mm-hmm. Right, like the Russians. Yes. Yeah, evil land is really what we call it. North, yeah. south, west, and evil. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. And then so. in the middle, the flyover states. That's right. Okay, so uh, Richard of the Westland, the good part, remember, is the seeker, all right? He's charged with the quest of preventing the evil Darken Raw from ruling the world with the magic of the three boxes of Ord, all right? He already has two of them, and Richard must keep the last of the three boxes from Darken Raw and or kill him and or trick him into using the magic backwards that would kill Darken Raw instead of giving him ultimate power, okay? Box him out, Richard, box him out. Box him out, right? <laughs> uh, good post play. Um, accompanied by the old wizard Zed and his one true love, Kaylin, Richard continues his quest through the Midlands to find the box. They meet a sorceress who may or may not have his best interests at heart. Um, elsewhere, there's this little girl named Rachel who's a poor servant in a castle. Basically, there's a huge break in the story, and we get a new story, and there's a little girl, Rachel, and she's the playmate of a snotty princess, okay? Her, her, this princess's mom, the queen, has the last box of Ord. When Dark and Raw comes to claim it, Rachel runs away with the box with the aid of a kind wizard who gives his life to help Rachel escape, okay? It comes together when Rachel eventually meets Richard and Kaylin and gives them the box. Yahtzee, Hidden right? in a loaf of bread. <laughs> right, but then uh, Richard gets trapped by a spell and he goes to fix it and he gets captured by a Mord Sith torturer working for the evil Lord Dark and Raw. Smash cut to a month of Richard getting tortured <laughs> by the Mord Sith in which he gets a serious case of Stockholm Syndrome and almost <laughs> dies a few times. And you don't mean a month in the story, you mean a month of my life. <laughs> That's right. This took a month of my life off. I forgot what book reading. we were reading. I thought you were reading a novelization of Saw. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that I was reading a book. I thought it was just my life now. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I, I at that point, it was so bad, I would have done anything to please her. <laughs> you want my blood? Have my blood. I feel I was in so much pain from listening to that section. Yeah. But here's where Richard is the diff- is different than some of us and the same as other of us because he learned the magic of compartmentalization. All right. right. Sure. Because only three quarters of him got tortured almost to death, he's okay, magically, all right? And he now has only a week to get the third box back to Dark and Roll, who's holding Kaylin, his lady love's life, hostage. Oh, shit. But then to cover all the ground, he tames a dragon because he's baller. <laughs> and then he rides the dragon. Well, he sort of seduces a dragon. Well, he he tames her uh, with his they, compliments. They, yeah, they come to the a dragon. flirty understanding. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, um, and then everybody meets up for the final showdown. And Richard tricks Roll into opening the wrong box. And it kills him. And now Richard is the new Lord of the Dark Castle, and everything's fucking awesome. Wizards, first rule, out. (laughs) (laughs) The one good part about all that compartmentalizing during the torture was it inspired me to reorganize my desk, and I bought some new folders. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if I put all the bills in this folder... (laughs) Then you can't torture me into paying them. That's right. 
there's a wall there, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. That's indeed. pretty much that's yeah, that's how that works. <laughs> All right, let's uh let's get into some compliments then. Uh Stephen, as the returning guest, you have the right to go first or last in the opening compliment. Which do you prefer? Uh I'll go first again. Go for it. Um so I might need your help uh filling in some of the details here, but uh there <laughs> there um so Giller, who's the wizard that's mm-hmm. that works for the queen that's actually working against her. Right. He gets yeah, tortured. he's helping Rachel, the little girl. Yeah. So he gets tortured and uh, and dies, mm-hmm. and then when they they find the room where he was tortured and, and he essentially killed himself, it, is it that his insides taste sweet? <laughs> or, no, okay, I, I have an I, like no. there's like a wizard blast radius, and when yeah. you do a good job in exploding yourself uh, to save something, it tastes sweet. See, wizards Instead are like bitter. wizards are like in the game Lemmings, right? Every one of them has the power to explode if it helps everybody else. Right. And it depends on Or if you have a couple of extra lemmings. The reasons you explode d- determine your flavor. Exactly. Um, yeah. It's like if the game Lemmings was made with peeps instead. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. Wizards taste the rainbow. You're right. <laughs> uh, I, th- I, I just hope my compliment is the hope that when I die. I taste sweet. <laughs> I, well, that actually, I, I kind of want that everybody has that power. If you think hard enough about exploding and you really mean it, it'll happen. We just yeah. don't. We just don't do it because then it might actually work. But like, you don't know this. But right now, people out there could be blowing themselves up like lemmings. I mean, the way I think this actually happened is like, so like Zed and Richard were like at the crime scene, and like Zed just like starts licking like the the, the, the discharge, and, and Richard's like, "What the hell are you doing?" And Zed's like, "Uh, you can learn uh, a lot from this." Uh, <laughs> information. <laughs> Zed, very, why are you erect? Very Sherlock. <laughs> yeah. Um. Awesome. I'm gonna go second. In my compliment. Uh, my compliment okay. is for ripping off lots of better books. At least, okay. at least he steals up. Mm. the The bulk of this book has got a very Lord of the Rings feel to it, to me. Yep. Uh, yeah, he's got to go to the thing and get the thing to defeat the evil lord. Yeah, well, and basically and, a Gollum clone also. Yeah, the Gollum clone is really what did it. It was like the person who used to have the sword instead of the ring uh, is mm-hmm. turned into Gollum and is like, well, "That's mine, then my sword." I'm. This is what happens when they get taken away. It was very, especially Gollum, it was very Loder-like. And then at the end, it turned into uh, Luke, he is your father situation. Oh, yeah. yeah. It turns out in the end, the Dark Lord is actually Richard's Papa. dad because Dark Lord raped Richard's mom. Right. I don't see how that's like a good revelation. No, it's like... <laughs> it's never, you, there aren't usually that many good revelations in books. I don't know if you realize this. Usually it's like, oh, wait, this is even worse than I thought. Yeah, it's not it's, just like and, and actually you're heir to a chocolate factory. <laughs> That's not a revelation that happens in these books. Yeah. Well, also, if that, you look under your seat, there's a free ticket to Europe. <laughs> you get Vaseline. You get Vaseline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's always good to steal up. That's the key. Stealing down would be bad. Ezra, major yeah, compliment. That, um. Okay. So there's this whole thing about like compartmentalizing your brain. Um, so that, like, basically, Richard says, like, like, okay, look, I'm gonna get tortured, but I'm gonna lock my dignity and my self-respect in a little closet inside my mind, and I'll get it out later. I don't know when I'll get it out, but I'll get it out sometime. And I know that feeling, because that's what I do when I listen to Katy Perry. (laughs) (laughs) 
the compartment that wants to dance, though, he gets to play. <laughs> yeah, there's also... Um, there's, and you, Dancing Ezra, I'm going to take you out of your compartment and you can go wild. <laughs> Gangnam style? Yes, it is. You've spent a lot of time in my brain compartments, but today is your day. <laughs> it's good times for Dancing Ezra. Awesome. Uh, Chris, finish us yes. off with your major compliment. Yeah, my major compliment is uh, that this book, I, I just kind of piggybacking on Alex, what you had to say, is it seems like it's everything the author could think of, which is kind of, <laughs> I mean, yeah. it is At his first book. At pages, it is very much like a brain dump. Yeah, yeah it's a brain dump. And at some point, uh, the author thought it'd be a great idea to have a talking wolf and write in a talking wolf to the story. Oh, so it turns hell? out that Kaylin, this lady, yeah. has a talking wolf protector who has the backstory of having been accused of loving little boys too much, but it turns out he was only guilty of loving little boys just the right amount. Secretly <laughs> re- helping orphans out all the time. That's right. That Secretly just crime. giving him a hand. He, w- he was the Bruce Wayne to their Dick Grayson, not the, well, insert. Not, not the, the Alfred Alfred to their Dick Grayson? I, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, uh, <laughs> part of the point is that Talking Wolf... Is a ridiculous thing to have in this story. <laughs> and his name is Brophy. Yeah. Brophy the Wolf. Yeah. And, it, and yeah, I liked he, it. He sort of served one minor plot purpose that could have been written around, and then he died. That was yeah. that was really it. Well, he just yeah, was, and he has he has the Inigo Montoya complex where it's like, oh, you you killed my whatever, prepare to die, and then he just gets killed outright before he could even try to exact revenge. Well, yeah. he did. Get, you know, he did some good job of protecting them. And uh, it was just he like the, it was like the bird whistle. It was like, well, I'm sure this will come up again once. Yeah, yeah, where Richard received a bird whistle and then it magically works later. Yeah, he was like, wait, yeah. if this situation could only be improved by having a shit ton of birds, I'll <laughs> have my to bird eat that whistle. specific kind of insect yeah. that accompanies that specific kind of magical creature. There is so much that's bullshit in this book. Every, everything I, he collects in the first half of the book, you got to just remember. This will be useful for about eight minutes later on. Yeah, it's like a Monkey Island game. Yeah! <laughs> Whoa. If only. Um, no, the, the great thing about the um, the talking wolf on a revenge mission is that it's just like, that doesn't even crack the top ten of like weird things in the book. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so we're going to hate and back again. Uh, in any order, what's something you managed to dislike about Wizard's First Rule? Besides, of course, the time when the guy had to eat his own balls. So, uh, I have the moment <laughs> where, like... Wait, what? There was the time Remember when the that? guy had to eat his own balls, and I didn't like it. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> he was the, he no, was the guy... Not a fan. Pedophile, so it was like, well, you sort of deserve this. On the other hand, how did this woman who is so perfect and good and pure... Dis- come up with the idea that as a punishment you should oh, eat your own right. balls. Man, I might have zoned out for that part. Oh, did you really? Yeah, yeah, I, well, I went to my happy place. Oh, yeah. he definitely had to eat his own balls and he liked it. Well, yeah, because he was she had used her magic love power to make him do whatever she said and so she was like, eat these. And he was like, can I sit down? I'm losing a lot of blood from the time you cut off my balls. It was pretty gnarly. And <laughs> she said no. Um, 
<laughs> I do like the sort of the nonchalance of it. Like, hey, from when you talk to my balls, I'm kind of losing a lot of blood. Can I sit down for a sec before and I eat them? And she said, no, that would displease me greatly. And he was like, oh, okay. Then He's I don't like, All right, to. then I'm standing, standing room only. Fine. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you want, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't like that part. Other parts that you didn't like. Go ahead, Steven. Um, the, the, I, I mean, there were a lot of moments where it was like, come on guys. But the moment where like, I was, I just was like, I'm not even going to try to like this book anymore is when, uh, Kaylin's all con- complaining about how she has long hair. And then he's like, why don't you cut it? And then now there's a rule that confessors can't cut their own hair. Like, right. come, come on. Right. Like <laughs> they can have just, their hair cut, but they cannot right. cut their own hair. Yeah, right. Because yeah, that's basically that. the Pope. Yeah. She's basically the Pope of the land. And the Pope of the land is not allowed to cut her own hair, but someone else could. Maybe that's not, like, an actual magic thing. That's just a rule that, like, you don't have a good enough set of mirrors back in the day. <laughs> You're going to make it look terrible. <laughs> Wait, how bad could the mirrors be that, like, like, like back in the day, mirrors just, like, reflected, like, someone else instead? Like, that's how bad they were? Well, they were very fuzzy. You know, making a good mirror is very difficult. That is a, you know, last hundred years sort of thing. But uh, Stephen, that's such a great point because this book is so schizophrenic. On one hand, you know, there's this lady love can't cut her own hair. Oh no, like she has to be beautiful forever. And then like smash cut to just like torturing people. Like a lot. Yeah. Actually like, well, like the magic, the tone of this book is like alternately like cute and it's all about love and joy and joyness. And then it's just about like <laughs> crazy fucking blood torture. Really, Chris? It was about joy and joyness in the yeah, yeah, both. Oh yeah. With caramel frosting. Oh yeah. man. Subtle Actually, between joy and joyness. Just so you know exactly <laughs> like, here's what the cut was. The the exact smash cut was the girl, the orphan girl, has just found a new dad. And the new dad is like, all right, I'll let you come to my house, but can you obey these rules? And she's like, I don't know if I can. What are the rules? And he was like, well, you have to play with your new siblings. She's like, I've always wanted siblings. And you have to do whatever your mom says. I've always wanted a mom. And you'll get to eat every day. I've always wanted to eat every day. I was I we- I wept when the orphan girl got a new family. She was so happy. And within three minutes of audiobook, this guy was having a magic torker, torture stick jammed into his penis. <laughs> yeah. Is that three minutes. You, that's where they put it. I was trying she, to figure out, like, because you're saying, like, there's a place where she hasn't put it yet. And I was like, well, it can't be an obvious place, right? Because, like, they would have worked that over already. Well, wow. uh, uh, <laughs> no, no, armpits would be the worst, I think. the arm, She did the armpits one, and I was like, that would burn and tickle. <laughs> He's so brutal. Yeah, I'm so ticklish. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I'm gonna uh, stick think, with butthole. I, <laughs> I think belly button, cause like, cause like the lint's in there already, and then you so can't it would add catch the, fire, and then it would burn. Yeah, and that's gonna singe. It's gonna just singe off your happy trail up and down. <laughs> I'm so she has. She's like she's a dominatrix sort of, uh, but like with actual blood and torture. Yeah, I feel like and, dominatrix undersells it a little. Well, no, in, yeah, in dress, and her goal in is outfit, to break him in outfit. Right? Her, yeah, and in somewhat in the way she talks, maybe, but in the dominating part, I guess it, the magic torture stick uh, that just brings an unbelievable amount of pain. And listen, I can't stress this enough. This was more disturbing for me than Human Centipede. Wow, that's how ill this oh, was made it me for you. Yeah, I mean, it was up because there. I don't think it was Human Centipede bad, but it was it was almost as bad as Human Centipede in its in what actually happened. But then it was. Literally an hour and a half of this audiobook continuously 
describing this torture. It goes on for so long. It would be very easy for her, him to describe the first little bit and then say, like, it went on for a month and he was broken. And I would have been okay. I would have believed you. But we get the first couple days yeah, in real time. Yeah, yeah it is very, very long. And so um, brutal, so gross. Like, it literally made me sick listening to it, which nothing else has done that besides Human Centipede, and this feeling stuck with me longer. Um, do you think yeah. it's just, like, I don't want to, like, always, like, conflate, like, the author with the subject matter, but do you think Terry Goodkind just, like, had a bad breakup around this time? <laughs> oh, you know, I, I really feel that he was probably real stuck in the friend zone with somebody before. Oh. this fantasy of why two people who love each other can't be together and have to be friends. <laughs> He did get friend zoned, and they have to be friends because the magic, maybe, the magic yeah. of awkwardness. Maybe they were, they were. He was in the friend zone, and then she just started dating someone else, and that's when it turned from cute and lovey, but stay apart, to torture. Yeah, yeah. That was his um, his shitty day. Uh, you, well, you know, I feel very positively about the human centipede, so I'm not gonna comment <laughs> on that. But uh, when I was listening to a good chunk of this, and this should explain how long this section is. I was waiting in line to get a rental car, which, as you all know, is the <laughs> longest possible wait a human can ever be in. Uh, so that, that only took up like a quarter of this. Well, but, all, uh, the, all rental cars, I don't know if you know this, they're actually cleaned and refueled by the mole people that live in the Earth's core. <laughs> right. Long and elevator. Once every 15 minutes, regardless of whether somebody's been in that car or not. It takes a really <laughs> long oh. time. Oh, so you're waiting in line for the rental car. Yeah, and I'm listening to this torture porn. And it lasted um, the whole time? Well, honestly, like, I guess I sort of didn't mind it because it was better than waiting for the rental car. Right. <laughs> it, was not, it was not better and than then, that. And then, oh, the second part of this uh, was when I was on the way back. And I did listen to it in between, so it was that long. It, uh, it was forever the, long. I, uh, but when I was listening to the second part, I was eating a breath pizza so that that Um, pretty much dulled a lot of this you see this is people's first rule screw you wizard we invented the breakfast pizza that one's on us chorizo and eggs (laughs) on a pizza we had that idea nothing's better than that in the midlands there's no magic in that seriously wait 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 wait. so the breakfast pizza okay Mm -hmm. does it have uh, let's let's name some ingredients that are on a breakfast pizza. Uh, okay well it was actually pretty simple it it was it was eggs mozzarella and chorizo right all right wait how is wizard's first but on a pizza was there any sauce there um i don't i don't think there was so it was just like like it was was just the cheese uh here's the thing though uh what i realized about pizza is that every single pizza is better with like ranch dipping sauce right that's true of course but then everything is better with ranch dipping sauce. And I was thinking, what if I open a restaurant and, like, you know how some restaurants have, like, bread and cheese mm-hmm. or bread and oil or bread mm-hmm. and butter or something? Mm-hmm. What if I just, like, the, the start? It's not even the starter. I just put out a 12-inch pepperoni pizza and ranch dipping sauce. <laughs> oh, wow. And just be like, oh, hey, I hope you're enjoying your 12-inch pizza. What, do you have anything, any starters? Or anything? Is, 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 <laughs> um, this, is this restaurant called Stephen's House of Heart Attacks? Because <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm going, think, uh, but it sounds that's unhealthy. what I, we'll legally have to change the name to. But. <laughs> um, Actually, I think I Wizard's second rule, guys, is people have high cholesterol. <laughs> okay, sure. yeah, I guess that's true. I was just gonna say that the people's second rule is anything is a breakfast pizza if you want it to be. <laughs> I mean, any pizza any, or yeah. anything? No, well, yeah. anything. I mean, any, literally anything. Specifically, is a any pizza is a breakfast pizza. And although, uh, fun fact about humans: if you think hard enough about a pizza, about anything, it becomes a breakfast pizza. And if you wow. think too hard, you wow. pop. Wow, that explains how uh, a lot of my crushes moved away. 
they didn't so much move away as got eaten for breakfast. Well, that's right. I was told that they moved right, away. Right, yeah, they went to the farm, Chris. They yep. drowned in ranch. <laughs> At Stephen's house of heart attack. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> Diane! Okay, uh, so to go back to Stephen's thing a while ago about the... Uh, about how bullshit the explanation was like little thing is around for just a short period of time uh the nightstone is a rock yeah yes. when you turn it on creates a small orb of light around you you don't even have to turn it on you just take it out of the pouch right you take it out of yeah. the pouch you just whip it out it glows <laughs> like a glow stick and also summons the dead to you. Yeah, yeah, that's the downside. It's like most the of- downside <laughs> is let's let's map this. Bummer it summons the dead, and they will drag you back down to hell with them. Positive, mm-hmm. it's a small flashlight. Yeah. I feel like <laughs> if I was like Duracell, I would probably run against this and be like, hey, probably easier just to get Duracell. <laughs> <laughs> a flashlight that won't summon armies of the dead to kill me. It's like when NASA needs light, but not armies of the dead to come chase them while working on satellites, they choose Duracell. You're welcome, Duracell. That'll be 50 bucks. Nothing tops the copper top. This has always been my problem with fantasy novels, that, like, supposedly these, like, civilizations have been around for tens of thousands of years, and yet nobody's, like, it discovered copper. Like, I don't... Yeah, they, it seems like also among a world of magic... They might yeah. create small rocks that glow without that side effects. Kill yeah, yeah. Just or like, or just a lantern, just a small you know. phospholuminescent thing yeah. that you can keep in they your have, pocket. They know about fire, right? They, oh, but yeah. fire, oh, yeah. they're anti-fire. Loud. Man, their yeah. fire stance is really short-sighted. It is. It is. It's sort of like us in nuclear power. It's like just because once the evil lord used it to take over the entire world means we can't safely harness it for our own power. Totally, totally. Like, how do they, like, we can make such better sandwiches if we had, like, nuclear-powered sandwich presses. Sure, yeah. France is doing that already. Yeah. France has had nuclear-powered paninis for years. Yep. (laughs) When France leads, we follow. (laughs) We do have, like, one or two nuclear sandwich presses on the East Coast, but it's just, we don't talk about it very often, and they're not very popular. If I started a a nuclear sandwich-based restaurant, I'd name it the Mushroom Cloud. (laughs) <laughs> Ooh, and it would come with ranch dipping sauce oh I, yeah and a personal pizza <laughs> yeah you would you call it fallout sauce because i would <laughs> oh that's a good idea yeah um this is radiating goodness yeah. mm. man so if i could just do a hate on how like okay so the first rule is people are stupid but mm-hmm. like the follow-up rule really is just that people are impressively stupid all right because like because <laughs> like the this guy has three Z's in his name, and no one su- you know, suspects that he's a wizard. No one saw that coming. I, yeah. yeah, three Z's. And like, okay, the other thing is like, Richard's like, huh, I don't know who this wizard is, but I only know one other person in the book. So <laughs> it's, it's probably not my dog. Guy. It's probably Zed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's not, it's not Reven- Revenge Wolf. So um, <laughs> and the other thing is the, the guy that people are apparently following is Darken Rawl. Like... That's not like that's not like happy Joe don't kill people. That's like dark and raw. That seems yeah. like generally an evil like Yeah, like, all the people who are following him are like, Don't worry, I think Dark and Raw has my best interests at heart. 
<laughs> yeah. Can yeah. you imagine anybody named like Dark and Raw or even like Darth Vader like running through the streets in a parade throwing con- confetti <laughs> and candy? <laughs> oh, it's Dark and Raw, guys. This is how much of a dick hey. that name is. He would be throwing Tootsie Rolls and nothing else. Oh, oh those are just pellets of hate. Mis- Mr. Raw was my dad's name. Please call me Darken. <laughs> God. Meanwhile, in a big-ass castle. Alex, I command you to recite the rules that will allow me to get the ultimate power in the universe. I read it and weep t-shirt. Yes, Mr. Steven. First, you must open the box to the left of the box that had the blue jewel that sparkled in the sunbeam when you faced it north on the solstice. It's working. It's working! Also, stop calling me mistress. I'm your master. Oh, yes, master. I'm sorry. I I always forget because you have such a high-pitched voice. Next, you must open the second box by pressing the mark that resembles the other mark but does not cast a shadow when covered in wizard dust by a virgin queen who wears the mark of the lightning bolt after Labor Day. Just like the prophecy foretold. Stop! You don't need to do this, Mr. Steven. Silence, you fool. I'm already doing it. Soon, read it and weep Space Shark t-shirt will be mine. Also, I'm not a girl. Uh, No, no, I I mean you don't need to go through all this trouble to get a Space Shark t-shirt. You can just go to read-weep.com slash merch and order one. It's like... 20 bucks, and that includes shipping. Dude, why, why would you tell Stephen that? Come on, I was having so much fun making him jump through all these hoops. I am a seeker of truth, Alex, and I can't lie to Mr. Stephen. You were lying about needing the Book of Complicated Shadows to unlock a t-shirt? Yeah, I'm sorry, Stephen. So, so you were lying about me having a girly voice? No, that one's true. All, all our fans think you're a girl. They also think you're funny. They think you're a, a funny girl. Man, that hurts. At least my new Space Shark t-shirt from read-weep.com slash merch will make some of my pain go away. Thanks for giving me free shipping. That means a lot to me. You're welcome, Mr. Steven. Now, I'll need you to enter your shipping address on the third box, but only while it's wet from the water of the first frost in the northern hemisphere, right as the sun begins to rise over a mountain of at least 2,000, but no more than 4,000 feet at its summit. Read-weep.com slash merch. The ultra-soft and modern fit will look great on men, women, or men that sound like women when they talk. I don't really sound like a woman, do I? You're as manly as a bowl of yogurt. Hey, I got a question for everybody. Uh, we like to. I like to do this. Uh, this is one of my favorite th- segments that we've done. But I like to do this on uh, futuristic things or places where there's a hero. You know that sort of world. Uh, I want to play the game of how would you fail to survive in Wizard's First Rule? So um, we're not super tough guys, right? No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. None of us are like, like some people think when the zombie apocalypse happens, we will be fighting in a grocery store with shotguns. Yeah, like they got machetes. Think, and yeah. I like to think we will be reporting from the front line of the zombie war for about eight minutes. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll, I'll be looting the grocery store for Nerf guns and then I'll get killed on the way out. <laughs> I think... I am not only going to die very quickly in the zombie apocalypse, I'm going to be one of the first zombies mowed down. (laughs) So you'll be like the first and second casualty of the war. Exactly. Like, I'm I'm the first one turned into a zombie, and I'm like the third zombie shot in the chest. Yeah. (laughs) Or it's like, it's it's your head that gets a shovel in it that gives them the idea (laughs) to start whacking off heads. That's it. That's me. Uh, so, so I'd fail to survive. How would you guys fail to survive in this world, though? Not a zombie apocalypse, but in the world of Wizard's First Rule. 
Um, you know, it was it was brought up that um, you know, I I think one of the things that is remarkable about Richard is his ability to withstand massive amounts of pain, mm-hmm. and I'm already super duper duper ticklish. <laughs> um, and not in the armpit, not in the armpit. Yeah, exactly. I think I would break insulin. Like whatever you want, whatever you want, just just don't. I don't even think yeah. I would have to get to the point where I was being tortured because I don't like sleeping in trees or long walks <laughs> or the smell of horses or being cold or being tortured to death. None of them. I would be or being too far away from snacks. Yeah, I would be so fast to give up. <laughs> I'd be like, Darkin, that sounds like a good guy. And then I would follow him wherever he needed to go. And I would be like one of the first person he killed too. So not, I would be a traitor for nothing. Yeah. Um, okay, at one point... Um, I think the the red dragon gave like directions, like verbal directions. I think to <laughs> where they're supposed to go. Um, <laughs> there were some and, instances of verbal directions. Yeah, yeah. and I was just Third like, left, man, first, right, I, east for four days. You're good. A lot of yeah. forks yeah. in roads. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just like, don't go to the. I was like, oh man, I know I'm. That's it. I'll just sit down. You guys can come kill me whenever you want. I know I'm I not going to remember me. something about a treacherous bog. Maybe I'll go that way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, she said, "Take a left or a right at the fork." But I haven't eaten since noon. I'm staying here. <laughs> I found the in and out, guys. I'll be at the in and out. Okay, it's at the fork in the road. Tell me where you want to go afterwards. <laughs> I'd just be texting the dragon the whole time. Like, I can't remember if you said left or right. <laughs> I'll be there a few minutes late. Oh, my God. There's no 4G here. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. There's other, a lot other, of good reasons. Otherwise, you'd fail to survive. Anybody else? Uh, well, if I was born into this world, uh, my parents would probably just drown me immediately. <laughs> <laughs> what? Why? I don't know. I, they're just I probably- dicks? Yeah, no, I probably would be pretty a pretty weak little child, so. Well, it seems like everybody is sort of in trouble, right? Unless you're named Rawl or you're secretly named Rawl and you don't know it. Yeah. Like, pretty much the only people who can win in this world are the are the Rawl family. Oh, you know who would win is Ezrawl. Ezrawl. Oh, Ezrawl. my God. You're going to make it. I must be part wizard also. There's a Z in my name. <laughs> oh, whoa. Here's how I would fail to survive in this world. I don't respect women with super long hair as much i really like women. Mm, you like a short haircut love a short like good bob cut or something oh yeah love short hair and uh and so i would uh i would fall in love with peasants in this world so you'd be pobre super pobre and as you notice the poor don't do very well i also might be a mud person because i like playing in the mud i love the mud people guys (laughs) i just want to get that out there uh, I think they would kill me immediately, too, because I just, I, I feel like you need a lot of honor to talk to any single one of them. I feel like they have a lot of, like, rules of custom that I just would be confused and accidentally, like... Right, and they say it. this group is in charge, but really there's a secret old man who's in charge, and I'm not super observant, so... Yeah, no, I'm, I would definitely never pick up on that. Yeah, you'd probably be talking like the village idiot, like, be like, he's like, I think this guy's in charge, like, he's got, like, three socks on his feet, so, like... That's that's a lot of socks. <laughs> well, the other one there was a there was a there was actually a, a town fool that got taken into one of the castles with the evil queen with the queen of hearts, and uh, he is like he's he's not a fool so much as a, a capitalist, and uh, she's like, hey, yeah. tell us your jokes, and he's like, my family is hungry, and then they laugh, and that is not a great routine. <laughs> and so the challenge like the part of me that's competitive would want to be funnier than him and i would she still murders the fool it's just a bad gig you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's still well, an well, off well, hold on. The he- alex the headliner 
the headliner gets murdered. Yeah. But I think like the feature just gets just free gets, drinks. Like, yeah, exactly. Free drinks. <laughs> <laughs> a light whipping also. Yeah, no, so you yeah. have to work your way up. <laughs> All right, uh, so now it's time for the second half uh, of our compliment sandwich. This time we're going to go in reverse order, and it's called the minor compliment. So, Chris, what is your yes. minor compliment? And the last nice thing you'll ever have to say about Wizard's First Rule. Well, uh, the thing I want to say is that this book, I think it's always fun how creative fantasy books can be with trying to shoehorn innuendo in, because that's <laughs> the thing, is is uh, 12-year-old boys want to read a very long book about an adventure, but there also has to be um, some innuendo in there. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the times, it's uh, when they're just randomly at a castle, and Richard looks over, and he's like... He, Though he knew he had no right, the shape of her in that dress was making Richard sweat. <laughs> and it's just like, really, dude? Ew. Just like a random aside? Ew. But my also, favorite also, of all... Also, don't you well, get a boner and not sweaty? <laughs> Am I the only yeah. one who's not sweaty when, I'm, when I've got a boner? <laughs> it's actually my favorite, favorite way of cooling off in the summer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't... I mean, is that a thing? Is that something that people do? Like, do you really start sweating? Well, if you hydrate... Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. If it, the rest of us may start dusting if they, you know, if we're a little dry that day. But yeah, sweaty, or, absolutely. Or like if you drank a bunch of like ra- Gatorade Fierce Grape to get ready for this boner, mm-hmm. then you might like sweat purple. But oh, absolutely. Other than that, yeah. Have no, you guys indeed. ever had the meat sweats? Uh, <laughs> is, is that your excitement over some meat? <laughs> no, apparently it's a thing. Like, uh, like I went to Fogo de Chao with my girlfriend. And she got the meat sweats. I'm sorry. <laughs> Which is where she eats a lot of meat and it it makes you sweat a lot? Yeah, because it's like so much salt and everything like that. I don't know. Apparently, oh. I've never experienced it. But I do want to find more people to say if they have if meat sweats is a thing or not. I think it's a thing because she mentioned it to somebody and they were like, yeah, oh my God. Or actually, we both mentioned that that's where we went for a date at, what, at one point. And they were like, oh my God, did you get the meat sweats? And I'm like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> She's like, yeah, of course I did. Uh, what well, causes meat sweats? Huh? Extra what, salt uh, in your body? I don't know. Yeah. Wait, I'm, too much meat? No, on. yeah, because your body's trying to, like, regulate, like, the bloodstream it's, salinity with the fuck. No, it's just... Yeah, it makes you sweat. All right. Anytime Ur- you eat a lot of salty food, it makes you sweat. Ezra. Uh, Ur- Urban Dictionary knows it's a thing. Ezra. <laughs> I bet Urban Dictionary... Urban so, Dictionary uh, must have an alternate uh, definition of that also, though. That's probably a bit gross. Yeah, Urban, Urban Dictionary thinks the definition is a sexual position invented by a 12-year-old that no one's ever tried. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Ezra. So that's what serendipity is. Minor compliment, Ezra. <laughs> um, so when they when they go, uh, when they meet up with Zed after they're with the mud people, there's actually a really funny moment where like Zed's like, oh, you're with the mud people? That's good. You can't get into much trouble with the mud people. And they're just like dead silent. They're like, you can't get into much trouble with the mud people, right? And they're like, well, we might have killed one of the mud people elders. So they're like, why would you kill a mud person elder? <laughs> Yeah. When you do it that way, Zed's almost charming. It was it was a totally good moment. And then he like he like somehow grew back his like uh his love interest's foot. That was also adorable. Yeah. yeah. Well although his whole thing about the foot was like she's learned her lesson because she's lost one and only has one left, but if he gives it back to her, she'll never learn her lesson. <laughs> she's gonna right. keep doing whatever she was doing, like changing the lawnmower blade with her toes and no more leg. Yep. 
A useful lesson was lost because a wizard didn't want to fuck a cripple. All right, I'm going to go next. (laughs) That's wizard's third rule. Uh, My my minor compliment is... uh, so the way the, the the way the confessors thing is, they they have the secret power where if you touch somebody, they love you uh, so completely and are so dedicated to you, they'll just spontaneously die if you ask them to. Um, yeah. And uh, but it turns out that if you love the seeker with a hundred percent, like with no doubt whatsoever, you completely and totally one hundred percent love a seeker. Their power doesn't work on you. Uh, or confessor, yeah. The, sorry, the confessor. The power doesn't work on you. And I think that's a wonderful idea, and that's why, you know, that magic thing just appeared that only is convenient in this situation, that he gets to have so he can be with the, with the confessor. Except, that means anytime they're touching, he can never have doubt later. Because if he has a moment of doubt, boom, he's automatically enslaved, and she wasn't protecting against it. So, like, they're at a restaurant, and they're holding hands across the table, and this really hot redhead sits down behind him, and maybe they've been having a fight that night, and he looks at the redhead, and he's like, wow, she looks great in that dress. Boom! Enslaved to her forever. Oh, yeah. yeah. He gets the meat sweats, and then he's, like, slave. <laughs> yep. That is a different meat sweats. <laughs> Good evening, meat sweats and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and, and she'll know right away, too. She'll be like, like, wait a second, Richard. You're calling me mistress now. And, <laughs> yeah, it'd be, and then she'd probably order you to kill yourself because she'd be so mad at you for letting yourself get enslaved to her because of some redhead at a bar who you weren't really that interested in. It just gave you that split second of doubt. Yeah, yeah that's a tough one. <laughs> yeah, or at dinner, she thinks she might have food poisoning. And you're like, oh, do I really want to clean this up? <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's pretty uh, brutal. I, if I you just have doubt about away. your relationship because she got a little sick. Yeah. Um, but like, do you really want to be around that? Mm-mm. I don't like throwing up. Although, uh, also, I guess gloves would fix that situation. Like, he, his eye can wander anytime she's wearing gloves. Because that's yeah, true. Her power of take you over is not. Wait. So if the issue here, right? I mean, I know they found a loophole, but if the issue is that it's because she touches him in the it, or she can't be with somebody because in the throes of passion she can't control it right and she'll give her power what if they're not physically touching during passionate time you mean like <laughs> i was those... actually kind of thinking about this also like guys there must be an easier way to do this right yeah like, what if you a just love like, job like, no just, if there's, you, a, a there's a condom and a lot of saran wrap <laughs> <laughs> but the saran like a wrap just takes the feeling of my yeah. nipples dude it's just it, it deadens the feeling I mean, look, if there's a pain stick, there must be a pleasure stick, right? Like, Magic Voice has two sides. There's a pain uh, well, stick that's... and a fire stick. We have sticks for everything. There's no pleasure <laughs> stick. You're kidding me. Uh, well, that's subtractive magic, and therefore, for some reason, so much harder than the other thing. These rules, these bullshit rules. The rules are so are complicated. The, and, like, when they created, when the wizards created the confessors, they were like, I'm going to give this l- one loophole that if someone is super duper in love with you... In the same way that, like, here's the magic sword that only kills people in hate. But if you super duper love the person who's been torturing you for a month, then there's an exception. Who thought to include that exception? Who on the sword creating committee of the wizards thought, let's vote for this addendum? The committee of convenient storytelling. (laughs) Yeah. I like the pleasure stick business. Steven, you are the last thing that's going to happen on this show. What is your minor compliment? Uh, mine's actually a little bit of a genuine compliment and will be a little unpopular. Okay. Uh-oh. Um, so I I found the whole book 
refreshing in a way mm. because I had been reading Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. which is good and a better series of books, obviously. But man, Game of Thrones can be so goddamn tiring with all these names and people that make no goddamn sense. And for this to be yeah. so simple, literally a world with three people. <laughs> and one of them's named Richard. <laughs> yeah, was just so nice to read about for a little while. Like, And like, oh, there's an issue here. Oh, well, there's a magic rock that will get you through it. <laughs> like, uh, she doesn't want her hair cut because she can't cut her hair. Oh, no. And it's not like... The fucking politics of seven different kingdoms plus like an extra land that that's crazy and shit like that. I it want was just... the publisher to release a new version where the back cover has got quotes on it, and one of them is refreshingly few characters. Stephen, yeah, it's like you you think it's like two like families that are fighting against each other. Turns out it's only one family. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, that is it for our show, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. We will be back again next week talking about Abracadabra. This is the this is sponsored by Stephanie, who says, quote, It's a movie from which I've received hours and hours of pleasure out of forcing other people to watch it. It is a low-budget Bollywood extravaganza that manages to rip off both Harry Potter and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. So that sounds fun and not like this at all. Yeah. Although it might have too many characters for Steven. Wait, see, what is it? They'll be dancing. Sorry. Abracadabra, the Bollywood ripoff of Harry Potter and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I'm not I'm not watching that, right? Nope, you're not. No. <laughs> no, no this, is the, this is the one episode you're not going to be in. You'll be back yeah. in a few weeks talking about John Edwards' kid. Uh, oh, I can't wait. I really want to read that one. Well, you're going to have to, uh, but you, you got a few weeks off, actually. Yay. And although you're wel- this is, uh, Abracadabra is available on YouTube, so you're welcome to just watch it. Oh, man. Dancing Ezra is going to like this one, I think. <laughs> I like dancing, Ezra. Uh, if you have uh, if you have something you want to uh, to say to us about this or anything else we've talked about, uh, read slash contact is always great. We love feedback. We also like feedback on our Facebook page. We have a great, awesome Facebook group uh, where we talk about all kinds of things, including right now issues with the TV show Sherlock, which are all set out of love because it's nearly perfect. Facebook.com slash read and weep. Please become a fan. Uh, we appreciate it. And thank you as always for being here, Chris Nez. Yep. Yeah, of course. Enjoy whatever you're off to run off to do. And uh, thank you so much for joining us, Steven. My pleasure. Yeah, thanks, thanks, buddy. Thanks for requesting me again. It's always thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, my friend. Always. Uh, good luck with your sweaty girlfriend. We will uh, <laughs> talk to everybody again next week. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> uh oh. <laughs>